Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. 20 seconds to go. Rishot saves Talbot. Rebound top of the blue paint. Rishot Martinez saves Talbot. Kopitar bangs it off the back of the head. Closing Rishot Martinez. Save made by Cam Talbot. And here come the Oilers. Two on one to win it. McDavid in for the left hand side. Dry subtle waits. There's the center pass. Left timer. Score. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6:30, Chad. It's the show that's worth 13 and a quarter million dollars inside sports on 6:30, Chad. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. That's the big number of discussion in oil country this evening. We will delve into the uh, rumored and likely McDavid contract as we go along throughout the evening. I do want to let you know right off the hop here, happy to hear from you. We had some really good discussion last night. Let's continue it this evening. Open phone lines at 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. The Edmonton Eskimos gearing up to play Montreal on Friday. We'll have kicker Sean White on the show later on. The countdown to kickoff Friday at 6 on 6.30, Chad. The game will start at 8 as the Eskimos try to win their home opener and go to 2-0 and on the season. The Blue Jays are in action right now. Bottom of the fourth against the Baltimore Orioles. It is 2-0 in favor of the Jays. We'll keep you updated on that one as we move along tonight. Okay, my name is Reed Wilkins. Hope you had a great day. Looking a little uh, cloudy out there, I believe. So hope you're staying dry and staying safe wherever you are. Inside Sports on 6.30, Chad. Again, the open line's Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. All right. So, what do you think? You're probably not overly surprised. The uh, rumored deal. Now, this uh, we should say. There's obviously nothing official from the Oilers or McDavid's agent, and given the uh, the rules of the CBA, the Oilers can't actually announce or officially sign McDavid to his contract extension until July 1st. So he's still going to play out the third year of his entry-level contract, and then this next contract would kick in for the 18-19 season. That's what we're looking at. But the deal reported to be $106 million over eight years, $13.25 million per year. So that'd be the annual average value. Um, there obviously are rules in place, as I'm sure you know about, where you can actually make a different amount of money each year. It can only vary by 25% from year to year, so they can no longer have these contracts where a guy gets uh, $15 million for four years and then gets only a million in the last three years or whatever. But there could be some variation year by year. But the cap hit for the Oilers would be $13.25 million. The salary cap for the upcoming season will be $75 million, up from 73%, meaning McDavid would take up 17 and two-thirds percent of the Oilers' salary cap. And, of course, Leon Dreisaitl will take up quite a bit as well. I was, no, I was reading a lot of the uh, stuff today and doing some math myself. 
If Leon Dreisaitl were to sign for $10 million per season, then in 1819, he and McDavid would take up 31% of the Oilers' salary cap. That's uh, assuming it wouldn't go up for, for next year. We're looking far ahead here. But anyway, those two guys are going to be well paid. Uh, if McDavid does get the 106 over 8, then you wonder if uh, it's more likely maybe Dreisaitl uh, signs a five-year contract. I would think he's going to get at least $8 million per season. I don't think he's going to get over 10. Maybe we're looking more realistically a window between uh, eight and a half and, and nine and a half, but that's going to be a huge story as well. And then, of course, I, I really think a lot of Peter Shirelli's best work is going to have to be in filling out the other spots on the roster. And by the way, and I'll get into this as we go along tonight, I know Kevin's waiting to get in on the phone line, if no changes are made, and that's a big if because there are always changes, um, I mean, the Oilers have potentially about two-thirds of their roster in place for the next four seasons, and, and I'll tell you how I arrived at that as we move along tonight. Okay, I'll, there's already text strolling in, uh, but Kevin has already called in on line one, so he's raring to go. Kevin, good to hear for you. I'm from you off the hop here. What's happening? Hey, Reed, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Good, good, good. Listen, I was listening to Bob uh, earlier, uh, Bob and Brendan, and then you're bringing up some good points here. And there's a lot of talk about the Oilers possibly needing some good, cheap uh, depth signings. And it seems to me that everybody keeps, uh, or that, that, that it isn't brought up a lot about the, uh, the young Russian player, Vladimir Tkachev, that we signed in 2014, that at the time the league ruled was ineligible to be signed to a contract. Yes. Uh, now, I've been following him since then, and he hasn't lost a step uh, playing in the KHL, and he's actually put on some weight. Um, would you happen to know if there may be interest? I've heard that the Rangers have an interest in, in inviting him on a PTO. Do you know if the Oilers may have an interest in maybe exploring him? He was pretty good that uh yeah, he did have a good preseason. I can't remember the exact technicality why the contract was voided, but you're, and, you're right. Two, he started he started this year with two regular season games in the KHL. Oh, is that what he it was? Okay. The, and he had to play the full season, uh, the full previous season in North America. Oh, right, because he was with Moncton. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, I have not heard his name for quite a while, to be honest with you, Kevin. So that's about all I can tell you. 39 points in 49 games last year in the K. I don't know if that's somebody the Oilers would bring in, given uh, given what they have and how the roster is built. And it's not just because he's smaller, because Shirelli has shown he's fine with smaller guys if he thinks they can get get in after the puck. I haven't. I, I honestly haven't heard Tkachev's name associated with the Oilers for quite a while. That's all I can tell you there. Just gotta bring it up. Okay, no, good question, man. I don't mind at all. Anything else? No, that's it. Thanks a lot. Okay, thanks, Kevin. Appreciate it. 780-496-0063. Man, I'd almost forgotten about that player. But, uh, yeah, he was pretty good in uh, in Oilers training camp. All right. Uh, D says, Reed, McDavid and Camp have to know that this rumored contract reduces the Oilers' chances of winning a cup, don't they? Well, I mean... Does it? I mean, here's the thing. On their second contracts, which which Leon and Connor are coming up to here, Crosby and Malkin were making, you know, 31% of the Penguins' salary cap. And I mentioned that could potentially be the number for Leon and Dreisaitl. They're now down to about 24%. 
I, I don't know. I don't know if it reduces the chances of winning a cup. It, but as I mentioned, it's going to make Shirelli's job all that more detailed in in how he spends the available money. And now, as I said, and I'll just get to this point. I got a lot I want to get to tonight. But I was looking today. You know, there's you guys know the the websites where you can find uh, how long guys are signed for and the exact contract details. We know that McDavid and Drysaddle are going to be locked up here right away. Next week or two, we'll get all the details. So through the 2021 season, so that covers off the next four NHL seasons, Drysaddle, McDavid, Nugent Hopkins, Lucic are signed at least that long. Clefbaum, Larson, Russell, and Sekra are all signed at least that long, so four more years. And I think we can speculate that it is relatively likely that Talbot, Kajula, Nurse, Benning, and Pugliarve wind up getting signed through 2021 or longer. That's actually 13 players. Everybody knows you dress 20 in a game. Now, if things move along, could Nugent Hopkins possibly be moved? Um, I, I don't think he's trading Clefbaum or Larson. Russell and Secker are going to have no move issues there. Um, Nurse and Benning, I guess we see how they develop. But what's interesting here is there, there's basically two-thirds of a roster potentially in place for four years. And as much as I know, I know some of the dialogue over the last couple of days, and I heard it last night, are the Oilers deep enough? Do they have enough protection against injuries? All that kind of stuff is valid. I guess my counterpoint to that, and you know I love counterpoints, would be after a team was miserable for 10 seasons and looked like they needed to tear down the roster after almost each and every season, is it so bad that a team that finished eighth overall and is on the verge of locking up their two stars long-term, is it so bad they're on the verge of having 12 or 13 guys, I don't want to say set in stone, but darkly penciled in for the next four years? Is that actually a bad situation? Especially, now I understand there's going to be concern with Russell, there's going to be possibly concern with Secker as he gets older, and, we're, and I'm sure we'll be rehashing the Lucic conversation as he gets deeper into his contract. But is that is that such a bad thing to be saying, we just had a pretty good year. We got two top 10 scorers. We're going to lock up now for, you know, McDavid for eight, Dreisaitl for five to eight. Is it such a bad thing to know 10 or 11 other guys who can be in that orbit around those two guys? Because, you know, if the team is going to be good and competitive for a while, and, and I'm not even counting Cassian, who's here for the next three years. I went four down the road. Is that stability such a bad thing if the team can, you know, more or less still be driven by these top two guys for a long time? So that's why when, you know, I, I hear somebody say that the Oilers are going to drop out of the playoffs, I, I find that hard to believe unless the injury bug is rampant. Like we're talking five or six of their best players knocked out for a long time. I, I, I mean, look, most teams can survive get through with one or two injuries. Again, it depends on who they are. No team is built to survive four or five injuries to really good players. So the Oilers aren't aren't unique if if that's your concern. So let me I'll just I'll just throw that out there with this roster being structured that way that you got potentially, you know, 11, 12, 13 guys 
to be around through 2021 for four seasons, and you can add casting to that number if you talk three seasons, is that actually such a bad thing coming off an eighth overall year? Just a counterpoint to some of the concerns out there. It's 617. You can text 63630. Phone lines available 780-496-0063. Quick timeout. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. All right, really appreciate you tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. A lot to talk about. we got NHL free agency coming up on Saturday. We'll tee up uh, some Eskimos Alouette stuff. Uh, kicker Sean White's going to join us on the show. By the way, I don't know if you know this. He is uh, he's trying to get his pilot's license. So I'll ask him a little bit about that when he pops on the show. And former NHL defenseman, Fort Saskatchewan native Mike Commodore will be on the show as well. Okay, 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. Uh, lots of texts here. I'll try to pick out a few. As always, if I don't get to your text, don't be offended because we get a lot, especially on Oilers topics. Uh, always love talking to you, though, if you want to phone in. All right, KD says, and I don't think this is Kevin Durant, though that would be incredible if he listened to Inside Sports. Uh, he says, I get it is a delicate balance between hedging top money and bettering your hockey club, but I wonder if anyone else feels a little disappointed in McDavid. No one would argue he isn't worth the money, but when did pro sports in general become all about dollars rather than the game and the will to win and the rush of winning? Really, is $100 million over eight years that much different and, and still enough to get by on. Conversely, that extra cash could go a long way securing some periphery players in a cup run. Cup run. The guy is amazing. He earned it, but still, uh, I feel disappointed he took it at the disservice of the team as a whole. That's a text from from Katie. Katie, I, I understand what you're saying. Uh, you know, there's no doubt Connor McDavid wants to win, but I, I do think I do think guys like you got to remember the players. These are the best hockey players in the world. The players' association, quite frankly, is going to frown on players who take discounts because that could drive down the price for everybody. I, I was reading Mark Spector's um, column today how the Sedins always kind of took a little bit less to stay in Vancouver, and you know other other Vancouver players kind of grumbled because everybody's contract was uh, relative to what the Sedins are getting. You know, quite frankly, I, I I just don't begrudge any individual who can make as much as he or she can, whether they're uh, a hockey player, uh, a painter, you know, Kellen Kennedy on the other side of the window. Because what do you get? What do you get for your uh, your Nitro blog? You get about half a million per episode. Yeah. So if, if someone give you a million, I'd, I'd take it, buddy. <laughs> I wish it was half a million. I wouldn't be here if that was the case. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, all, all joking aside, yeah. I, I just, I, I, I don't, I don't, I do think McDavid wants to win, and I understand what people are saying. What if he took eleven million? Well, there's another one point two five for a depth player, or or to spread to to, to spread around. Um, but I also feel like I go back to the whole hockey is a business thing, and it's not. It's not a charity for for Connor McDavid to play for as cheap as possible, or for uh, Daryl Cates or pick an owner to sell tickets for as cheap as cheap as possible. And I know that 
I know that goes up against why we all watch and follow it. We watch it because it's fun and it's entertaining and it's escape and because we like competition and we, and we appreciate uh, athleticism and all that kind of stuff. And then you, the, the money side of it can be kind of a downer when you talk about it. Um, but again, I mean, if I were in McDavid's shoes and my agent said, look, I think we could get this and, and I'm going to represent you, I, I, I don't think I would say, oh, no, I'll just take half that, you know? Maybe I'm a big meanie, though. I don't know. Hello, Dale. Thank you for calling. Hey, how's it going? Doing quite well. Thanks for holding. Right on. Well, thank you. Um, so I had a thought earlier today that I found it odd that the the signing of Connor McDavid, like an era-type player, the, the contract details will kind of be leaked out by a couple of reporters. You know, even though Rashog and Friedman obviously are well-established, so I'm not saying that, but just I'm wondering if, and this is, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I was wondering if Peter uh, Chiarelli leaked it to them that it was a little high and he's actually going to sign them at like 12.5 or 12.75 and then all the haters will you know, have nothing left to stand on. So some negotiating through the media and weighing the court of public opinion, you think, eh? Well, I was wondering, yeah, like just maybe it's going to soften the blow if it's only 13 million even, even. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I don't know if, uh, I mean, somebody obviously told them whether it was, uh, you know, the agent off the record or, or somebody who knows McDavid or somebody within the Oilers organization. I don't, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, Dale. I mean, obviously, whoever put it out there was, was fine with it being reported. Uh, right. I, I don't know if it was to prepare the fans for it, because I think we were all, well, maybe all maybe, maybe you weren't. We're like, weren't you prepared for it to be, I mean, what was it in your mind, over 11, over 12? I mean, I was pretty much prepared now that it was going to be over 12, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, so... So, all right, if it winds up being 12.5, how much different would you feel about it? Let me ask you that. Uh, to be honest, I, I wouldn't feel any differently at all. I'm just watching the vitriol on the, right. you know, <laughs> right. the, the message boards and the blogs and what have you, right? It's just like, oh, my goodness. Like, well, those people are never happy, easy. Dale. Well, no, that's true. <laughs> hey, another question I wanted to ask you quick, and I'm not sure if you'd have any uh, insight on this or not, but... Would would Peter Chiarelli ever speak to Connor McDavid and or Leon Draisaitl, um personally to say you know like you guys got to see the big picture here? Probably. Uh, I, well, I think they probably would speak to the player at some point during the negotiations. I think the agent handles all of it, or the agent yeah. handles most of it. I think it would be highly unusual for him to get them in a room or on a phone together and say, hey, guys, take a discount. I don't think that would probably be appropriate. No, okay. Just my read well, of how they usually well, do no, things. No, no. Like, I know that the players wouldn't ever negotiate directly with the GM, but they obviously they have private conversations at their exit meetings and stuff like that, I would think, right? Where it'd be like, you know, like where he could subtly, you know, kind of hint at, we're building something here. Oh, wait, like ways of doing it without directly getting into a negotiation. Yeah, yeah. where the where Connor tells his agent, like, you know what? Yeah, I want to be here and just get it done. 
I don't really care. Yeah, fair enough. I, I don't know if I don't know if Peter would approach it that way. He's a pretty uh, he's a pretty careful guy for my my dealings with him. But I I understand what you're saying. I mean, there's ways to plant seeds without uh, breaking any rules, I suppose. But yeah, interesting question, Dale. You are a bit of a conspiracy theorist, actually. I don't mind that. I'm going to call you Fox Mulder from now on. Okay. <laughs> no, I hated that show. <laughs> Thanks for calling, Dale. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, we got a break, so I'll get to some texts and some more calls after the break. Stoffer's going to hop on. Oh, I'm way behind on the text line. Sorry, guys. I'll catch up as much as I can. 4 nothing for the uh, Blue Jays leading the Orioles. That's in the top of the fifth. I just hope we all appreciate this is much more fun talking about how much we're going to pay the... Uh, highest paid player in the league in the MVP and talking about which 14 players are going to have to be replaced for next season so they can get out of last place. A little bit of a different tone. I don't mind it at all. Okay, quick timeout, then more calls and texts. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Mike Riley and the Eskimos home to Montreal. Darian Durant and the Alouettes 1-0. They beat the Rough Riders by a point. The Eskimos got a three-point win in BC. Week two in the CFL actually starts tomorrow. Calgary and Ottawa are going to play again. They played in the Great Cup, and now they got a home-and-home to start the series. All right. 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. Well, I think we finally have a theme song for our regular caller who's coming up next. What have you cooked up, Kellen Kennedy? Oh, there we go. (laughs) Calling in from the sweltering hockey hotbed of Arizona, it's Chris from Phoenix. Hi, Chris. I love it. I love it. I I wish I could could do like an Eddie Murphy impersonation, but, uh, you know, I'm not that good. Uh, (laughs) Nice. Before before I get to my comment uh, on uh, on Drysdale and McDavid, can you only imagine what a 20, 21, 22-year-old Wayne Gretzky would command in today's market? Like we're talking about 13.25 million for for uh, McDavid who put up 100 points and Gretzky's putting up like 215 points, 92 goals, 87 goals, 70 goals, you know. That's just that's just ridiculous to think about stuff like that and how much he would command. He'd, he'd be he'd be a twenty million dollar player, twenty five million dollar player. He'd be he'd be uh, you, you'd have to pay him. It's just it's just ridiculous. Um, as far as McDavid, um, this is a this is a great great situation for us to be in right now. I love it. I don't care what we pay him because every penny that we pay him, we're going to earn back in merchandise. We're going to earn back in wins. We're going to earn back in just sticking it to twenty thirty thirty other teams that wish they had Connor McDavid and especially the Toronto with all those Toronto Leaf fans who who made comments saying that Connor didn't want to come to Edmonton he was miserable when we drafted him and if he signs eight years that's just going to stick it to everybody else and and I love it and I, I can't wait to hear the news uh, as far as uh, as dry I'm kind of leery on him I wish we would have signed him last year uh, to that to the roughly uh, bark off deal that was rumored right uh, but I think we'll get it done uh, I, I think it's going to be a little difficult because uh, Mr. Michael Ewing probably still has some grudges against the Oilers because he used to get lit up by the Oilers. Well, and so Rashad might... put out there today that that uh, Lee, that the Utes playing hardball because of them sending Drysaddle back to junior, 
at 39 games. Remember that? And so that means he has, it, it didn't count as a year towards being a UFA. And I, and I get it. He, he wants the most for his player. And, and um, for, for some of the, uh, the people out there that are a little leery about paying uh, dry sidle, uh, I looked at I looked up his stats and um, minus last year, minus the first year where he had like I, I think I had like nine points in thirty something games. Um, from from the, the from last from this past season and the, and the year before when Connor was injured, I think he's averaging point like eight four points a game. Um, so he's he's tracking pretty good, and that was without Connor for the that first year he played with Hall for most of the time, I believe. Yep. Um, I think I think he'll be fine. He's he's got that size. He's got he's got the wheels now. Um, he's got the shot. He's, he can pass from anywhere. I think we'll be fine. And it's going to be two great building blocks to build with these two. And uh, that's all I got. And, uh, can't wait for the season to start. Let's go Oilers. Chris, we'll talk to you soon. Chris from Phoenix, 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. Again, the reported contract, and it is not official, and it can't be until after, uh, well, starting Saturday, I guess, is the earliest it could be officially announced. $106 million over eight years for McDavid. Average annual value, so cap hit, of $13.25 million per season. That would be uh, 17 and two-thirds percent of the salary cap for next year. Warren texts in. He says, hi, Reed. Why would you ask Connor McDavid to trim a million or two off his salary when we have people or used to have people like Everly who got paid $6 million and didn't contribute anything? My goodness, man. Thanks. That is from Warren. Warren, thanks for the text. We also got people honking outside the window here as we were listening. So right, they must be listening because they honked. <laughs> I, I can't hear that. Maybe it's a bunch of geese. Um, all right. Uh, this texter simply says, seriously, the better the Oilers get, the more clueless the fans in Edmonton get. The fans need to see the big picture, not the players. All right. Well, some people would say I'm the most clueless person involved in this show, caller or caller and audience-wise. Um, all right. Rev says we will need to shed about eight to nine million dollars off today's roster for the year after next. That's assuming the cap goes up another two million dollars after this year, and Leon gets around nine. The second group of core players you included in the 12 to 13 are going to need raises like Nurse, Benning, and Strom, etc. That's from Rev. Rev, that's an excellent point. Uh, eight to nine million. Yeah, I mean, Fane's still around. Pouliot's still around. Uh, though I know, you know, Fane could wind up buried in the minors again. Uh, I guess we see what happens with Patrick Maroon after this year, and I know maybe that seems silly because he had such a big year, but we'll we'll see what happens there. Uh, yeah, fair point for sure. I mean, I'm not, and again, that's that's my whole point. It's it's not going to be easy for Shirelli, Um but he kind of does have some players in place, and and I and I find that interesting. Uh, what am I catching up on here? David says, Reed, I'm sick of everyone second-guessing every move the Oilers make. We have a 20-year-old kid who just won the Hart and the Art Ross. Shirelli has done an excellent job so far. Let him do what he needs to do. Those are the thoughts from David. Uh, Southside Rob, Reed, congratulations to McDavid for getting 106 over 8 if the rumors are true. Just wanted to know your thoughts on what Dreisaitl will get for a contract and if you think other teams will offer him an RFA contract. 
Okay, well, again, I think Dreisaitl's probably going to get in the neighborhood of $9 million. Uh, I don't think he'll get 10 I'll say 8.5 to 9.5. I guess that's still kind of a wide range. Uh, I, and again, I've talked about this before. I do not think, I do not think Leon Dreisaitl will be offer sheeted. I guess somebody could make an offer sheet, but he'd have to sign it. And as Peter Shirelli said, anything that was offered to him will be matched. He flat out said that. So, again, I think we can take Shirelli at his word. So we'll see. All right. This texture says, Welcome to the cost of keeping McDavid in Edmonton. If it was Toronto or the Rangers, it would probably be $11 million. Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, if I mean, if you're the best player in the game, I think you're going to ask to be paid like it regardless of where you play. HSC says it'll all work out. The percentage of McDavid's salary versus the salary cap is no different than it was when Crosby signed his contract in Pittsburgh. It hasn't seemed to hurt them much. Everyone needs to calm down and understand without McDavid, we're back where we were. That is from HSC. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody has a huge issue with the McDavid contract. I I think it's just the contracts around it. And, you know, look, last year at this time, was it June 28th last year? Hall for Larson. I think it might have been on June 28th. Maybe it was the 27th. But that was the big debate. Now, this year, it's it's the Russell signing and and Everly for Strom. And I, I just wanted to think about some stuff, guys. And, and I put this out there as, as, again, just a counterpoint because I think a lot of you know when a, when a GM or a coach makes a decision – that isn't popular or that can be debated, I say, okay, let, instead of just simply tearing it apart and, and saying it's bad, let's, let's assume that Peter Shirelli didn't wake up in the morning and said, hey, I'm going to do something to hurt the franchise that employs me. Let's assume that he has options to weigh and that he's trying to do the, the best possible thing. So I know a lot of people were saying, why couldn't the Oilers get Hamannick? Could have could have it been Everly for Hamannick? Well, I don't think it could have been straight across. Calgary wound up getting Hamannick for a first and two seconds. I also want to point out this about the Calgary Flames. And I know everybody's saying Brad Treliving did a great job, and I, I do think he's doing a pretty good job. But the Calgary Flames next year in 2018 do not have a draft pick in the first three rounds. The first three rounds, that's at least 93 selections. Now, they may trade for one, but right now they don't. In 2019, they have a first-round pick. They don't have a second or third. So out of, the, out of potentially six picks in the top three rounds in the next two years. Right now, the Flames have one. So just keep that in mind. So here's, here, here's let, let's, let's say Eberle for Strom was going to happen. So let's say the deal would have been Eberle and the Oilers sending those draft picks to the Islanders for Strom and for Hamannick. And then Russell wasn't signed. Now, I do think Hamannick is a slightly better player than Chris Russell, and he is a little bit younger. Totally fair comment. So if that's the other option for Shirelli, he gets Hamannick for three years at $3.8 million. And then when that is up, Hamannick's a UFA who could leave for nothing or who could demand more than Russell would be getting in year four of his contract. So that's the other side of the coin. So if that is more palatable to you than what Shirelli did... 
totally understand. But maybe when you look at it that way, you think, okay, Shirelli chose to trade Everly for Strom, clear up cap space, gamble a little bit on Strom's potential, and re-sign Russell without having to give up anything else because he's already he's already been here. You're re-signing your own player. That that's the flip side of that argument. So it depends where you come down. So I, I know sometimes people look, well, well, Shirley did a stupid thing. Well, he got fleeced by Calgary. Well, hold on. You know, you don't have to like the move, but maybe there's another move he could have made that you would have liked even less. So that that's all I'm saying. Let's cons- let's consider all those things. It is 645. Uh, 7804960063. You could text 63630. We got uh, Bob Stoffer coming up for some hockey talk when we get back. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. Mark Letestu, a free agent who was signed Canada Day in 2015. He'll be going into the third and final year of his deal, coming off a very good year for your Edmonton Oilers. It's 647. A couple of texts here before I bring Stauffer on. Uh, Reed, Calgary has mortgaged their future for the present. Burke and Trey Living will be gone in a couple years, leaving someone else holding the bag. A text from the Lloydminster area. Uh, Mark from Stony Plains says, uh, Reed, I think a lot of Oilers fans haven't yet gotten used to the idea of being good, so they have to criticize and pick apart every move because it's a force of habit. <laughs> That's from Mark at Stony Plain. Uh, AJ says, how many players actually make the NHL from the draft? So if none of the picks pan out that Calgary gave up for Hamilton and Hamannick, they're out nothing. Well, a lot of first-rounders play, and uh, they did trade a first-rounder. I'm just saying they don't they don't have a, t- a top pick in the top three rounds next year. I, and, and, and look, guys, I mean, somebody just said, you know, every move gets picked apart. I would think if the Oilers were sitting here right now without a pick in the top three rounds of next year's draft, I think that some of you... Uh, would be worried. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Chris and Victoria says, Reed screwing up Leon's entry-level first year is coming back to haunt the Oilers. And uh, Nick in a truck says, uh, Reed, too much too soon. I realize that we now have owners where money is not a problem, but we paid too much for the big three in the past and suffered. Now we're paying too much for Connor and Leon too soon. What if Nuge is? Uh, what if Nuge scores seventy-five points and then thinks he deserves nine million? I'm proud of our team, proud of our players. They deserve these contracts, but it's crippling our team. Well, the thing is, like Nuge has four years left on his deal, so if he goes out and gets seventy-five points this season, he's he's still making the same amount of money. Bob Stoffer hosts Oilers now, noon to two every day on six thirty. Ched, we were in Chicago covering the draft. He's the color analyst for the games here on six thirty. Ched and the Oilers Radio Network. He has a beautifully long resume. Bob, how's it going, buddy? Just uh, got my calculator out. How are you doing? <laughs> now, now, what are you typing in on, on your calculator? Is it uh, is it royal? How much royal pizza is going to cost tonight, or is it what Leon Dreisaitl is going to get paid? Well, I'm trying to figure out. You know, uh, Leon. There's no wrong answer right now on the Leon front. You know, uh, obviously the primary reason why he got me on today is the Connor thing. I'm uh, I'm comfortable with it. He's, there's there's really one other comparable for Connor McDavid in the league, and his name is Sidney Crosby. And by percentage points, the numbers are basically the same. Forget about the dollars. By percentage points of the cap at the time that uh, Sidney Crosby signed his uh, second contract, which was on July 7, 2007, which did not take place until uh, take effect of the 0809 season. 
you know, the, the same percentage points as the rumored number today, $13.25 million, uh percentage-wise on a $75 million cap. So uh, there you have it. I'm, uh, it was 17.3% for Crosby, 17.6% for McDavid. And, and so I, I, I'm fine with that. The question's going to be, uh, what happens moving forward here with Leon Drysaddle? And when I say there's no wrong answer, Reed, uh, perhaps you do a three-year deal, or perhaps you do a four, perhaps you do a five, perhaps you do an eight. Like there, you can justify things a lot of different ways. All right, but I, I think what people are worried about, and what I've been discussing a little bit tonight, is is the average annual value. I, I don't think it goes above ten, though I know some people have suggested that. I mean, it may come in right around nine, give or take two or three hundred thousand uh, dollars, either way. And I'll put that out there to start the discussion, regardless of the length. How realistic is that? Uh, I would say that it would be a tad unrealistic because I think it's going to be a shorter term. Okay. And if it's a shorter term, what does that do to the valuation? It knocks the number down. So, uh, I, you know, I, there's a couple factors here. You've got the uh, NBC deal, which is going to kick in in four years' time. How much of an increase occurs at that point? So, look, just so the fans understand, in a perfect world, uh, and I know you know this, yeah, the owners would love to have Leon put to bed already. By the way, people need to recognize because they'll say, well, why weren't they working on this before? There was a significant uh, issue going on with Leon Drysaddle during the course of the season, which would have delayed a negotiation. He didn't have an agent. Larry Kelly was retiring. Octagon was figuring out who was going to represent him, and it ended up being Mike Liute. So things changed. Complexion of the scenario changed during the course of the year, and that I don't even know if that's been reported. But uh, you know, Dry Settle eventually settled on Mike Leute as an agent. Uh, I think a strong argument can be made that maybe you want to have different term lengths on contracts between McDavid and Dry Settle because that provides you different options, especially in lieu of the fact that you got a new US TV deal, which will kick in I think in four years from now, which could result in a spike in the NHL's uh, uh, salary cap. So, things to consider there. Okay, so that's interesting what you said, that if it's a shorter deal, that the average annual value could be a, it could be a little bit less. So then, could we be talking... It will be, it will be a little bit less if it's a shorter deal, absolutely. Okay, so then if it's then if it's more around $8 million per season, then you got a no, little, I, bit, a little bit... You, so you think that's more likely... It's like, okay, if I... So, okay, I'm just throwing things at you here. We're having fun. If it's $40 million over five years, and even eight... I don't think it would be that high in five years. Really? Okay. Yeah, I, I'd say I'd say maybe seven and a half or seven. You know, that would be pretty. To me, I, I don't see it as being like he has no statistical case to be higher. Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko signed an eight-year deal at seven and a half. Now Tarasenko got started a couple of years later than Leon did in terms of age. Uh, Tarasenko is probably considered a better score. Leon plays a more important position. Leon had a better playoff run, but you can make a strong argument that if you're looking at uh, hypothetically a four or five year term, and people say, well, you can't give him a five year term because then you're tying up all those restricted years. Don't forget, he's only used two of his restricted years because when the Oilers set him down in that first year, uh, you know, you can't do that because then he's a free agent. Well, by then you'll have the lay of the land with the U.S. TV deal. You'll have an idea of where the team salary caps are, you know. Uh, moving forward 
even potentially in a new CBA as well. So, so you do the eight-year deal with McDavid, maybe only do a five-year deal with Leon. I guess you could get to $40 million on a five-year deal. I think that might be a little high, uh, maybe $35 million. And now we're having a different conversation. And Leon makes the money up in his next deal, in his third deal. Uh, if you have a, you know, at that point, if you're up to a 95 or $100 million cap, you have a completely different conversation. So th- these are the variables. That's what I mean, Reed. There's not necessarily uh, a wrong answer. Even when you suggested the $8 million per, I would personally think that would be a little high in a five-year term. But maybe that is what it comes down at. I'm just saying that you don't have to have matching eight-year deals for both Dreisaitl and McDavid. Bob, I'm going to ask you one more, and it's been interesting for me, and I'm sure I didn't get quite to hear all of your show today, but I heard quite a bit of it. Um, yesterday on Inside Sports, a lot of the texters uh, were telling me that Brad Living embarrassed Peter Shirelli. I read a couple of texts uh, on the other side of the fence, and, uh, and you know, I put that out there about the Flames not having a pick in the top three rounds next year, barring any trades. Let me just ask you, simply put, if if the Flames are the San Jose Sharks, a team in the Oilers division um, that, that made similar moves, is it as upsetting to people, or is this just a result of people looking down the highway and getting a little worried because of the rivalry? Uh, I, yeah, I think you hit on something totally there, Reed. I mean, you know these two markets, and uh, Calgary's done a pretty interesting thing. They didn't have a first-rounder in 2015. You already mentioned the Hamilton trade. Uh, not only do they not have a first, second, or third round pick next year, they don't have a second or third round pick in 2019 19. either. Yeah. So you know, I, I do. I will say this though, Rita. I honestly believe that Edmonton, Calgary, and Anaheim are going to have the three best teams in the Pacific Division for the next three years. I don't think. Like, I do think the Flames are going to be good. I also don't think it's the end of the world that the Oilers had to pay McDavid 13.25 and might have to pay Leon as much as you know eight on a. A five-year deal, but uh, and again, I think it'd be a little lower than that. I mean, you know, these there's what, what do I call that trolling? There seems to be a little <laughs> bit of trolling, and I do. You tell me. Do you think there's a little bit of envy from Calgary at times? Do you think people in Calgary, like I had a couple executives from other teams, say to me, Bob, we wish we could pay Connor McDavid thirteen point two five million on an eight-year deal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like there's 29 teams in the league that wish they had that player. Uh, and Leon would be a heck of a compliment. He's going to be the guy to watch. But, yeah, I'm with you. I, I mean, the, the guys in Calgary miss, uh, or the, put it this way, the biggest trade trade made between either an Edmonton, a team from Edmonton or a team from Calgary that made the greatest adjustment to the team's respective lineups, the biggest trade that was made was the Cam Talbot trade. Yeah, good point. And Calgary Reed was pitching hard to get Cam Talbot. Why aren't these guys that are trolling saying that Shirelli's been taken to the woodshed? They seem to neglect to mention, oh, what's the one thing that's undermined any successful flames over the last couple of years? Goaltending. Yeah, goaltending for sure. They didn't get the goalie. So, hey, Trey Living got a 34-year-old Mike Smith. He stepped up and got Travis Hamannick. He gave up a one and two twos. Um a bird in hand is worth two in the bush. The Oilers had Russell. They didn't need to give up the picks to sign their guy who they know. I, I, I'd say, you know, and as for Spencer Fu, if he's somehow the, the swing boat, okay, if you say so. Do you, do you recall the last two significant NCAA free agents 
that chose Calgary over Edmonton that both teams were chasing. Oh, God. Kenny, Kenny Morrison. Yeah. And Corbin Knight. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. Those two played a combined total of nine NHL games. All right. Bob, I got to run. Uh, thanks for uh, thanks for checking in. Mike Commodore is coming up. I know you'll wow, be... Oh, I'm going to want to hear that. Right on. Hey. Hey, Reed, pack your blank. Okay. See you, Bob. Yeah, bye-bye. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.